Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Ultras Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Brew and Agri Gone Outdoors. Uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Brew and Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them. On Saturday mornings, we know not everybody can listen to a podcast, so we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake continues producing walleye, and it's kind of the same old, same old, using spinners and bottom bouncers throughout much of the lake. Look for some perch success in the north end of Creel Bay, but they're a little trickier to land than the numbers of walleye. If you get into them, you'll probably find some nice ones, though. Try Pipe Stem Reservoir for some walleye and crappie, while over on Lake Ashtabula, it seems the bass have picked up in more catchable numbers with a little slower perch success. Walleye and pike are still on the slower and elusive side. Farther west, the Missouri River Tail Race continues producing small walleye and catfish. The wingwalls aren't producing as well as from shore, though. Catfish have definitely been the story lately in the tail race, especially those nice eating-sized fish. Up on Lake Sakakawea, the ticket to success, which has generally slowed, is to work deep. Admittedly, it's tougher to work that deep water, but try moving slowly with live bait rigs and minnows or slow death hooks with small night crawlers or night crawler pieces. It's not just the east end that has been a more challenging bite. The van hook arm slowed as well with, again, the best success in deep water. Lake Audubon has activity, including along the U.S. Highway 83 embankment, but just how well those anglers are doing is a bit of a mystery. They're out there, though, at times, so look for some walleye success. And finally, we're moving into hunting, quickly. Look for nice dove numbers when that season opens September 1st. But areas hit with North Dakota's EHD outbreak along the Missouri River system will likely translate into less numbers for archery deer hunters when that season opens September 2nd. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And uh, this person is extremely busy right now. We have Commissioner Sarah Stroman, Minnesota DNR. Welcome back, Sarah. This is like the third time you've been on our show. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to come anytime you invite me on. You know, our, our tagline for the show is we talk hunting, fishing, and about everything you can do outdoors, which really, really falls into what you do because uh, you're pretty much in charge of everything outdoors in all of Minnesota which is pretty cool. And I seen you guys had a big press release here uh, earlier this week that 
you named the city for the 2023 Governor's Fishing Opener. Uh, congratulations on that, because I know that is a very big deal, and it's nice that people can start making plans. It is. Um, we were so excited to um, be in the Mankato area to announce that um, the city of Mankato and Madison Lake will be hosting uh, the 2023 Governor's Fishing Opener. And, you know, the fishing opener has um, <laughs> looked a little different the last few years, um, like many things uh, as a result of the, the pandemic and limitations on uh, gathering in crowds. But I don't think we could have a more enthusiastic partner in um, the folks from Visit Mankato. They uh, rolled out the red carpet for us just for the announcement. And so I can't wait to see what they bring um, next spring for us. But, uh, you know, it's a wonderful area. We were standing there on the shores of Madison Lake, which has some uh, incredible fishing. There are more than 150 lakes uh, within 30 miles of the area. Of course, our Waterville hatchery, which is Minnesota's largest cool water hatchery and sort of known as a, a walleye and pike factory is, is in the area. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot to, for people to do in terms of fishing, no matter whether you like to fish from boat or you like to fish from shore, but also um, opportunities to, to get out and enjoy uh, the trails or Minneopa State Park or any of the other outdoor opportunities in the area. Fishing opener is so steeped in tradition in Minnesota, but it's more than just wetting a line. Uh, those that I've been involved in, it's really a showcase of the entire community in the surrounding area. So I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the opportunity to take on the hiking trails and, and to just take it all in. I would encourage all of our listeners, and it seems like a long ways away, right, next May, but gosh, it's going to be here before we know it. So uh, start making your plans now and, and put that on your calendar. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, the fishing opener is is about community. It's about um, being with friends or, or family. So, you know, people should should be planning for that. And and I think, you know, the other thing that we will see in Mankato, and, and this is true of so many communities across our state and across our region, is the very strong tie between their economic prosperity and, and the outdoors. And so, you know, we also know that area is home to um, Alumacraft and uh, Minkota and some some brands that people who are, are anglers will know well. And, you know, those businesses thrive because those communities have such wonderful access to the outdoors. So, Commissioner Stroman, I know one of the things, when, when you became commissioner, one of the things you really wanted to work on is accessibility. Accessibility to parks, accessibility to the outdoors. How has that been going since you've been in? Well, I will say this was a really exciting summer. Um, so this is a really good time for us to be talking about accessibility because we had several new initiatives roll out this year, um, particularly in our state parks and, and trails. But um, folks may have seen earlier uh, this summer in June, we launched a program uh, at five state parks that provides all-terrain track chairs. And uh, these are off-road electric powered chairs that help visitors with um, mobility limitations explore areas of the state park in new ways that, you know, might not be in those areas that might not be suitable for regular wheelchairs. And those um, are available for uh, people, visitors who have a need. You can call ahead and reserve it. They're free. Um, and they're currently available at Camden, Crow Wing, Lake Bemidji, 
um, McCarthy and Myra Big Island State Parks. So um, that was super exciting. And we are just getting rave reviews on that. Um, you know, and a lot of our visitors, uh, as people age, right, that you might, some of the areas may not be as accessible and it's a way for people to continue to enjoy those traditions. Um, are, you, we, are you planning on expanding on that to more parks in Minnesota? Yeah, we hope to. Um, and in fact, just the launch of the five chairs um, this summer, I think, generated a lot of interest. They are, they are not inexpensive um, to purchase, although I will say they are made by a Minnesota company. So that's always nice when we can um, purchase and profile homegrown um, products from our local businesses. But I, there's a lot of interest in, you know, some of our nonprofit partner groups helping us purchase those chairs and make them more widely available. So we're going to definitely be looking at expanding that program. That's awesome. So I know you are big into visiting all the parks and walking on the trails and doing all of that. You, It seems, you know, because we're Facebook friends, that uh, it seems like you absolutely love doing that. Um, did you find any hidden gems this summer that you were, were kind of surprised about when you're out? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll just say as background, I, I set a goal for myself to visit all 75 state park and recreation areas in the four year, uh, term as, as commissioner here. And I will say COVID slowed me down a little bit, but I think I'm up to 46. So, you know, not wow. too bad. And, um, you know, one of the one of the gems. Um, I mean, all of our state park. I always joke that every my favorite state park is whichever one I visited last, um, yeah. because they're all fabulous in their own unique way. But um, a couple of things I will say: uh, scenic state park. I got to this year, and that's that's a wonderful gem. That's you know maybe not sort of in the top tier of ones people know about. And then our newest state park, uh, Lake Vermilion Sudan Underground Mine State Park, two years ago, we opened up camper cabins. And I was lucky enough to find a camper 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 cabin reservation this year. And my son and I went and spent a night there. And it felt just amazing up top of the hill above Lake Vermilion. And he was able to catch a, a big smallmouth off the shore. And so, you know, it was just a fantastic trip. Yeah, I, I bet it was. So speaking of camper cabins, um, I'm sure they book up pretty early and all that can be done on a website, correct? Yes, yes. Um, they are popular, so you may have to search a little to find a date, but um, that is, uh, you can do it on online um, through the DNR website. It'll link you to the reservation system and you can reserve camper cabins or um, campsites if that's, you know, more your style. So you may not have the answer to this question because I know you have like 5,000 employees that you're in charge of. Um, but do you know when those reservations start? You know, when I'm thinking for next year, if people are thinking about making a trip next year. Do you have any idea when those reservations will be available? So our reservation window is 120 days in advance. So once it is 120 days in advance of when you're looking to go, the reservations for that time period will be open across the the state park system. So, you know, if if you have a trip planned out, um, you just you got to mark that 120 day window down. I I had planned to do that for my trip <laughs> to Lake Vermilion. I forgot, <laughs> and I was well into it. But fortunately, I was looking at a Wednesday night. Um, you know, but after the the Fourth of July, and I think I I managed to hit it a sweet spot and a shift of visitors and got lucky. So. We are talking with Minnesota DNR Commissioner Sarah Stroman. 
Commissioner Stroman, one of the notes we have in front of us here is we, we were kind of preparing for the time uh, you had to visit was about sturgeon spawning. And I'm really interested in that. What can you share with our listeners about that topic? Yeah, this is another really cool um, thing that that we got to experience this year. And, um, you know, I just have to say personally, I'm fascinated by sturgeon. I mean, they're just, you know, they're really old fish. They're like a aquatic dinosaur. And um, we we lost our lake sturgeon uh, in much of the state and, and in the Red River Basin um, between, you know, the late 1880s and, and 1930 um, because of a decline in water quality and habitat quality and, and overfishing. And so um, in the late 90s, Minnesota DNR began a project to reintroduce Lake Sturgeon. Um, And of course, we didn't do that on our own. We have um, a number of other partners from tribal entities to federal partners and and international collaborators, um, you know, including U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and White Earth Nation and Red Lake Nation and and many others. But um, it, you know, it really has been a combination of, of reintroducing fish into the waters as well as habitat work to, to clean up those waters, um, to, uh, restore habitat. And for the first time in a hundred years, we had lake sturgeon spawning in the Red River Basin this spring. And, um, it, we captured it on video. We, we didn't want to <laughs> put it out right away because we didn't want people rushing out and disturbing those <laughs> spawning sturgeon. But, Um, once, you know, they were done and we could put it out, um, we did, and it's just, it's an amazing video to watch. I think it is, you know, gives a very hopeful message, um, shows what we can do, um, with the right resources and, and the right dedication. And, um, you know, if, if people want to see that video, you can go on to the Minnesota DNR's Facebook or, or Twitter, um, or Instagram, and, um, you can, you can find that clip. It's, it's worth a watch. Just a kudos to that whole thing. And I can say with the Red River in my backyard, we have we have been fishing and caught Lake Sturgeon out of the Red River that I can only assume were were stocked in that Minnesota program that you mentioned. So it is a fantastic news and what a what a neat surprise that was when we were able to do that. So kudos to everybody involved in that one. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think we're also used to reading, reading bad news, right. And seeing, um, stories of, of harm to our environment and natural resources. And certainly, uh, there is that share of it, but I think it's also, uh, good to remember that there's a lot of people doing a lot of really good and and hard work on the ground and, and we can see success. Um, you know, it's not instantaneous, but we can see success. Yeah, you are uh, definitely correct there. This is Commissioner Sarah Stroman, Minnesota DNR. Thank you very much, Sarah, for coming on Gun Outdoors. My pleasure. Anytime. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.